you're listening to The Critical Channel, a podcast about engineering leadership, culture, software architecture, and several other very easy problems with Maxim Kravitz, Pedro Carvalho, and myself, Kieran Patel. This week's topic, security. Yeah, how are things with you guys? Can't really complain much, I would say. Can't complain much. I mean, that means yeah. you can complain a bit. <laughs> I mean, there is always something, right? But, you know, the the decent amount. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, we, we were planning on recording this last week, and uh, mm-hmm. I had written in the notes before that that uh, GitHub was down, so clearly that was the thing last week. Uh, worth complaining I about. I don't think it was even last week. I think the original date on the script said uh, 9th of March. So it's been like three weeks ago. <laughs> so, you know what? I think GitHub being down, I think that was every week. I think last time was yesterday, actually. Mm. At least the European part. Mm-hmm. Definitely like GitHub actions do misbehave now since we use them. I know quite often when they don't work. <laughs> yeah. I've got a question if, like, because GitHub Actions is basically uh, Azure uh, DevOps yes. pipelines, right, with, like, a fancy skin on. i got a question if the Azure pipelines was that unreliable or if it's just... Uh, I don't know. I, I guess it is. Uh, what I know for sure that uh, Mac OS virtualization is as bad. It's super slow on GitHub Actions, and that's because they use Azure and it's slow there, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we've been we've been joined by Pedro. <laughs> Hi Pedro. Hey guys. Um Hello. yeah, here I am. Um so one word of caution, I might have to jump out because uh I got the baby monitor. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean so if I'm if I suddenly interrupt my train of thought and I disappear, it's okay. I'll be back in a few minutes. It's because GitHub's down uh, again. You have to go fix it. Yeah, and by GitHub I mean my my daughter Juno. Yeah, that's a nickname, <laughs> GitHub. <laughs> yeah, we were just discussing how GitHub Actions uh, appear to be unreliable, and because the uh, it is based on Azure pipelines, Kieran was asking whether that thing is as unreliable. So if anyone's Which, got a, uh, a tool is. recommendation this week, I recommend GitLab. Okay, tell us why. Because it's not down. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but like, is it, is it less down? Is it down less often for you? Actually, you know, I, I was using GitLab at my previous job and the uh, it promises so much and 75% of the time it delivers 100% of the time. Mm. Nice. And the other 25% of the time, it promises so much. Uh, but what it promises, there's a GitLab issues tracker thing open that's been there for seven years because they dog food their own issue tracker. And uh, it, it, it doesn't actually do what it says on the tin. So in conclusion, I don't recommend anything. This is where Warner would like jump in and say, like, I don't know, build your own GitHub with Blackjack or something. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you look at all the other 
like equivalent or more or less equivalent solutions. Sometimes it's the same story. You go to an issue driver and say, oh, someone else is the issue. And, oh, it's like five years old. <laughs> there is like 100 messages and there is no conclusion and people already call each other idiots for a while. So, yeah. So in conclusion, we go back to saving our files as like uh, final, absolutely this time v1 docx. Yeah, something like that. Exactly. Uh, that worked better. We use Google, we use sure. Google Sheets as version control. Yeah. I mean, also, you don't even have to do continuous delivery, continuous integration, continuous anything now because you cannot. So, see? It's continuously like, delivered at that point. You just, you know, write it in Google Sheets. Yeah. So much off your plate. That's it. What's not to like? That's, that's, how, that's how we can tell investors we deploy a million times a day or something. It's just, yeah. Just renaming every, them every single yep. character is deployed continuously. Actually, I do have a project that is set up like that. As embarrassing it is to admit, there is a project. So you go to a headless CRM, you make any change, even a one character change, and it will trigger a build. Uh, and is it annoying? But anyway, <laughs> we're not here to talk about that. <laughs> so you make a character change and then your website goes down because it says invalid JSON or something. Oh, thankfully, it doesn't go down. But uh, yeah, so, so things build, do happen fails. under the hood that you wouldn't expect. You give Microsoft that... a lot of money. Someone. Someone, someone <laughs> not gives sure Microsoft, someone, but someone gets money. A lot of money. Something, <laughs> something, something. Capitalism. Something, something, money with wings emoji, yes. Exactly. Um, does this dovetail into security at all? Speaking of throwing just did. money away. It just did. How about the segue to our sponsor, security? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, think, I think it's safe to say that we're cutting all of this. <laughs> No, we maybe not. We I don't know. I've tried, whatever, I've, whatever is in I've the show. I tried making a poker face. It took me like <laughs> <laughs> I don't know one second, and then I couldn't anymore. Anyway, so security is the topic then. Yeah, and um, you know, as our valued listeners, your security, your data privacy is our highest priority, uh, and uh, we will continue to. Uh, you know, if you sign up for our Patreon that we don't have, we will continue to store your passwords unencrypted in our public MongoDB. Yeah. Okay. I mean, so, sounds, sounds good. Yeah. No, I think, okay, so like, let's, let's get into it. I think a lot of companies say, you know, oh, your security is our highest priority and uh, we're sorry that we had a breach and uh, we will do absolutely nothing to... Oh, yeah, that's akin. Your call is very important for us. It's the same thing, mm -hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think uh, you know. Let's let's discuss a little bit how how do you stop just talking the talk and how do you walk the walk there? Um, how can you actually treat security as your highest priority without stopping delivering anything and uh, you know without annoying everybody by blocking them from getting what they need to get done done. I have to say the obvious thing I always say, hire at least one person who understands what security is. How about that? But, but at what point? And, and as, when you as, say as early as possible. Right. 
as early as possible. But like when you say someone who understands security, do you mean dedicated or do you mean no, no, at least someone who's like, also developed? I, I don't, I don't think you'd be able to afford a dedicated person in the beginning. But okay, maybe someone is too vague. Okay, uh, let's no. I guess at some at some point you should you should start like. Yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess, yeah, Kieran. I right. think, I think we're going. I, I thought I had a good thing, but then it's... <laughs> no. I mean, do, do you I, I, understand what security is, Max? No. Well, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I do understand. Fire, get out! Like, no, <laughs> no. I, I, I mean, I do understand, like, uh, at least partially, what it consists of, or what is needed, or what I can provide to uh, either improve it or keep it at a certain level. Uh, and I guess uh, there, there were times in my career when I didn't understand that. And I think what I meant is at some point you should, uh, when you hire people, start paying attention to uh, that, like how much, uh, oh, like how where they are about security, how much they know about it. And uh, yeah, let's start with that. Because if they like don't know or didn't have experience with uh, keeping security at any level obviously they would be good at uh, what you hired them for but that doesn't necessarily include security so at some point it should become explicit that uh yeah security needs to be taken care of even if it's just some simple things we're not talking about like i don't know security scanning penetration testing or some kind of policies immediately being written by someone who have never done this before, at least simple things like, oh, maybe someone who uh, creates uh, an authentication system, make sure that the passwords are encrypted, or even better, goes uh, and says something like, oh, maybe we should build our own and trust all these people who, you know, have security professionals. Well, first things hired. first, things first I think your password should be hashed and salted rather than encrypted. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, um, actually, yeah, pushes glasses up nose. <laughs> no, you can also encrypt them as long as uh, I mean you not, don't. As long as you know what you're them, doing, which you don't, so don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good. So, top tip right there: hire someone who knows what they're doing, which I think is not super helpful. Uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but but, but please keep doing this. <laughs> Yeah, well, okay. Here's the reality of every single like early-ish stage startup that I ever joined, and it's been a, a few at this point. Um, there's no security. Like, there's whatever out of the box implementation of password hashing, maybe uh, that comes with whatever framework the company's using at the time. Because what's more important for them is product market fit, and it's not really to go deep into security. And probably the founding team is not exactly super experienced and they're also probably just winging it and so there's going to come a time where you have to kind of like stop and think about security in a in a very like um disruptive way i am sure that there are startups that have founding teams that are very experienced and you know are able to do what we i think or i advocate which is to treat security um as a thing that you build into your regular work like there's no such thing as programming and then adding security right just like there shouldn't be such a thing as programming and then adding tests or um you guys know what i mean like this this kind of thing ideally should be should be should be done um gradually 
uh, as part of regular work. But I, I just, I just personally have not seen uh, seen that. And and from what I hear, I I think it's not very common for the earlier like MVPs that get to market and inevitably get turned into the production um, product. Um, I guess. To have- I guess security really built in. It's like trade-offs all the way down, right? Like there's, yeah, you have an iron triangle or maybe even hexagon at this point, or you have like, as you said, product market fit, reliability, UX, maintainability, developer experience. Even these two, like reliability and maintainability, this, this, and then security as well. Yeah, no, exactly. You're, You're balancing all of these things. And, uh, you do have to decide what's a sensible trade-off to make at the beginning. Um, and I, I like what you said, Pedro, that you can't just kind of bolt security onto something that is fundamentally insecure and is fundamentally flawed, right? Like you can't bolt performance onto something that fundamentally, you know, if, if, if you've built a thing and you've built it completely the wrong way, completely the wrong language, and it takes you know, three minutes to service a post request or something you can't really like you know do too much about that short of okay no we need to turn this down and start from fundamentals again um and it's probably it's probably similar for security in some regard uh at the same time you know i don't i don't see anyone making the sell to tear down something and start from the beginning again when it comes to security right like that just uh, it's too abstract i, I guess a thing to to sell to stakeholders I, I i guess that depends on like i guess first and foremost what business you're in and what state your security is in. yeah i mean like you know if, you, if you're if you, a uh if if you're a company like okta who deal with oh no wait they got hacked yeah never mind <laughs> yeah <laughs> Oops. I, I, I mean that was a bit that was that was that was deliberate i apologize <laughs> yeah uh but anyway uh i guess if you come with like a, a bunch of flaws that especially when the product is already in use and now you have customers and yada 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 at some point this might actually justify a rewrite or something even then right uh, but 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 yeah that doesn't happen often it, that, that i agree with even then right it, it, you know even if you do get hacked, ideally white hat, but potentially black hat, and you do, you know, you do get hacked, um, you're not going to rewrite. Sea level are going to say like, okay, like let's, you know, where can we, where can we put padlocks on this I mean, Japanese yeah, paper I mean, house, right? W- like we said it ourselves multiple times, right? You mitigate first. Mm-hmm. In this case, mitigation might take you two months, but. Still, you mitigate first because we all know a rewrite <laughs> that's going to take you ages. It, it just doesn't exactly, work. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, maybe the first thing is how do you know when you have a problem? Because you're in the news. Yeah. <laughs> how do you ideally you know you have a problem before it gets <laughs> to the news? Uh, that's harder. That's a lot harder, isn't it? Oh yeah. I mean, that not, also all, doesn't happen all, three all of that us work often. For smaller companies who are not going to get in the news, right? Or not, not none of us work for Okta. None of us work for Twitch. And you know that was a hilarious one. I still have like 160 gigs of Twitch source code somewhere lying around on my hard disk. Yeah, I think I still yeah. have it. It's even in my backups now, which I'm not sure it should be there, but it is. <laughs> you you know what? You've probably backed it up more than they have. Judging by some of the practices that were in that source code dump, I think you've done a better job. 
yeah. But, you know... Uh, but, yeah, so well, how none, do you none know? Of, yeah, none of us are, gonna, uh, are large enough companies where we're going to find out because, you know, you open the front page of the BBC and it's like, oh, they got hacked. So... How about, how about, we, we, how about we, we, we stop here for a second and, and talk a little bit about what kinds of problems are likely to happen? You know, um, we, we talked about a few examples, Twitch, maybe later stage than you would expect. Um, Okta, definitely later stage than you, mm-hmm. than you would expect. But, but, uh, here in Berlin, a couple of, uh, local or locally based, um, grocery delivery apps have been in the news recently for security related reasons. And, uh, I find that at least one of them, I won't name names, you know, whoever's, uh, you know who you are, um, but I, I find that I find that that company in particular had a had a had a breach that was very typical, and because I've seen this before in other companies, which is just uh, data that is publicly available that shouldn't be, and uh, users can't normally get to it unless they start snooping around in traffic and stuff, um, and so. And so developers might be tempted to not put in the appropriate access controls because no, no one's ever going to find a randomly generated yeah, that's URL. That's the good old, right? what's it called? Security by obscurity, uh-huh. right? Exactly. Which, which exactly. is not going to tell you that it's there. Hopefully you won't find it. At the same time, you're yeah, talking I mean, about a company I, who, uh, let's not name names, but you know they raised in September 600 million or something in their Series C. Uh, so clearly... You know, what are they doing right in order to do that while compromising on security completely? Right, where's the incentive for them? So this is what I'm saying. Like, it's never going to be a rewrite. It's always going to be, oh, well, like, like stick a padlock on on this door because uh, we just raised 600 million and security was not an issue. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just sorry, just, just to drive home the point of security through obscurity a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, a few years ago, I worked for a, a well-known CMS company, and uh, we were obviously taking a look at our competitors, and we found one where um, their again not naming any names, but their AWS buckets were uh, just completely open. So you could not only Classic. retrieve files without any kind of authentication, you could also browse the buckets. So you could, uh, if if you had, if you were, if you're, let's say, reading a web page uh, that happens to be written in that CMS, and there was an image in that article uh, you, that linked directly to AWS, um, and you could just open it in your browser, remove, you know, like the last bit of the path, and just uh, just browse away. It's uh, like a happily... freaking Apache in the '90s before all the clouds were. Yeah, I think I think is, you know, is... <laughs> for the most part, the, the the there was a poor assumption made there, right? Which is that everything that somebody puts in their CMS is something they're going to want to make public. But you can't make that assumption when it comes to the kind of data that your users and your customers are going to upload. At the very least, without you know putting a big massive banner in their face saying, "Hey, you you know anything you put here is public." Yeah, and then also at some point your employees might decide or like whatever product makes a decision, oh, now we're going to have this area on the website and suddenly nothing is uh, public in that area anymore, but everyone has already forgotten that it's all stored in public buckets by now because I guess, I don't know, it wasn't documented appropriately or whatever the reason was, doesn't matter. Here's the reason why you don't do this because things like that are so easy to forget about. 
You- so what are reasons that this happens? Like, how do you get to that point? I mean, we, we, we touched on a few of them, right? Like you can make the wrong assumptions. You can assume something that's just not correct or seems right, but isn't. So you don't have the right domain knowledge to make product decisions on this thing, like the CMS example. Or you don't realize that this is the case, which I think everyone is vulnerable to. Or you're cutting um, a corner. Or, or you're cutting a corner precisely because auth is harder than it looks and you have to go to production and then the thing is working anyway. No one is really, no one is really uh, sniffing for vulnerabilities yet. And so you forget about it. I was going to say that cutting a corner is probably that that's what it's the happens. most dangerous uh, one right yeah like i know it, it also it also happens most often it's like you like google any issue in regards to file permissions or whatever the first stack overflow answer would tell you to chmod 777 it and then try to figure out what else you could do it's the same thing right oh the bucket like you can't write an im policy sure just make a bucket open Mm-hmm. There you go. You you know, it reminds me, I was reading recently uh, about a way of migrating away from System D on my Arch Linux install. And mm-hmm. uh, one of the steps in here, I just pulled up the tutorial, like one of the first steps is lower Pac-Man security levels. And basically they comment out the security level in pacman.conf and set it to, nope, do not check signatures. Uh, later on, it says, restore this. But, uh, you know, if, if that's part of the process and then you're off doing, like, doing the rest of the process and then you go, you know, follow another tutorial or something halfway through, then, yeah, you might, you might forget yeah. to restore. No, no, I mean, there are, as we also said before, there are times for this very dangerous actions and you're mm-hmm. supposed to know what you're doing. But the case we're talking about now, uh, kind of by definition, you don't necessarily know everything about well, what and also doing, so. you know we're trying to close a 600 million series c i don't care get it done not to mention that but even if there is no pressure these are still things that are but, yeah uh, even easy to forget about and in and of themselves they, they are not sometimes not easy to deal with hence the advice to like Get and can I just who, say who, who know things? Yeah, and can I just say these are not easy decisions to, to to make. I mean, we're heavily implying that the right decision is to be considerate of security, but things are often way more complicated than they look. It's not just a simple matter of putting security first. Um, oh yeah, which sure. Thi- which is which which is why this is hard. Um, it's a little bit like the. Uh, it reminds me of the of the of the Challenger disaster, like the the, the space shuttle that blew up in the mm-hmm. in the eighties. Um, I think I think the 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 reports on that are fascinating because very clearly that shuttle should have never flown. Oh, but that, the reasons, that's the O ring problem, right? Yeah, that's the one. But there, the reasons, there is like the whole book written about those. Yeah, multiple. But, but like the, the reasons why the, the people who turned out to be wrong, the people who okayed the flight, um, the reasons why they okayed the flight, I think are the maybe the most uh, educational parts of those reports, because that's where the problem really is. Like, what are those pressures? And, 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 and when you're delivering groceries, maybe you don't have people's lives on, on the line. 
But if you're delivering groceries and your app can leak people's addresses and phone numbers and uh, and, and and grocery lists and all that kind of stuff, um, then then maybe maybe there is something there that can potentially be very serious. Um, so I, I, th I think it's interesting to understand like what are those pressures and, and what can you do as an engineer. Like, like as engineers, we're, we tend to be very purists. We tend to be very black and white. We know what's right uh, and what's wrong. Um, I mean, in theory, at least. So we're all very so opinionated what, what about it anyway, regardless of whether we're wrong or right. Exactly, and, and and regardless, we're the ones typing the code, right? So at the end of the day, uh, we're the ones who are implementing these these things badly or or, or not at all or. Uh, or just following. You can always uh, tell it's ops orders. people who made those buckets public. Your code is fine. Sorry, I mean, a lot resist. of the time your code can be fine <laughs> though, right? Like, look at yeah. um, what was the dude like Kevin Mitnick or something, right? With like the social engineering aspect of oh yeah, getting yes. like n no code, and he broke into so many things. Yeah, yeah. or there's um, who the uh, uh, what was the movie? Catch me if you can with uh, it was DiCaprio, right? With that guy and the other one, Frank, yeah. something, something, something. Um, Abagnale, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, he he at the end of the day, you know, he he wore a pilot's uniform and pretended he was a pilot so that he could go on plane trips for free, right? Or he had the was it Kevin Mitnick who did the the payphone thing where he was like no, able to no, hack payphones and, and get his calls for free I, or something. I, I I don't think so. Maybe maybe he did he did that too, but there were so many free Yeah, or they're just bluffing their too. way into buildings, into data centers and like just you know Oh even even I did that. You just that there's a, yeah. that's yeah, one of those Mr. kind of kind of easy ones. Not into every building. Are, but, are yeah. we sure we wanna go live with this episode uncensored? There's a there's been quite a lot of incriminating stuff being said here. Uh, I mean, you know, we we tried to break into SoundCloud once, and by break in, <laughs> <laughs> we, we got kicked out immediately. <laughs> so you know, we're the worst social engineers ever. But you know, it's uh, every I mean, everyone's experimented with being a script kitty at some point. I think. I like how there is a break in and social engineering in one sentence, but but okay. <laughs> I like how I like how you're making it sound, Kieran. We literally just like noticed that this random office was a SoundCloud branch, decided to go and see if we could visit with no purpose, just like, oh cool, SoundCloud. Let me let me take a look. And and, and then the reception is just like get out, basically. Well, no, not really. If I remember correctly, she actually tried to, to, to make something out of it. She was like, Oh, well, maybe you want to talk to our uh, recruiters or something. So which which was brilliant. I hope that receptionist is doing really well because that 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 is a that is a quick thinking yeah, person. Yeah, you mm -hmm. see you see nerds coming through your door like, "Hey, HR, you go there, right there." <laughs> Don't let them leave. Exactly. Yeah, I, I mean, the you know the the wider point of this being that uh, it doesn't matter sometimes how good your security is because the user is the weak link, right? Exactly. Yeah, which is the other kind of security breach that we that we that we're talk, talking about here, um, especially especially in the early days. I again, I haven't really seen a company that uh, has like six people and enforces strict use of uh, password managers, for instance. Yeah, mm -hmm. It's it's everything in plain text over Slack, and uh, the thing about Slack is that as, as at least 
if you don't have a free plan, those messages persist. They can be searched. Uh, someone can get access to that Slack in any number of ways. Um, and all of a sudden you have really old passwords that for some reason still work. And who knows what that, what, what that can give access to. Um, well, I mean, uh, I Max, you're going to know who and what I'm alluding to when I mention this. But uh, at, at one point, we dealt with a penetration test, which is actually a topic we need to talk about in a minute. Um, and the, uh, the the white hat guy was able to get in because a uh, a employee had put all of her password had put all of their passwords damn it i narrowed it down by 50 percent. put all of her passwords into a google sheet right and uh, left it public i mean yeah that's the the new way of having what uh, post-it notes on your i think google sheets is a password manager the, it's the same thing uh, you know it's dns we know it's dns it's version control it's a password manager yeah what doesn't it do? Potentially, potentially is encrypted. In Pretty sure it runs Doom. <laughs> I bet it's it been definitely done. runs Pac-Man. <laughs> well, a but URL yeah. bar can run Pac-Man. Okay, yeah. Before before we run too far from the main line of this conversation, if there ever was a main line, Kieran, <laughs> you're saying uh, something, 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 something. Password, you know, it, it doesn't matter manager, how secure you are. Password manager. It's the user education that failed in that case, right? Like the 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 white hat guy. Um, who knows if he'd have been able to get in another way? But ultimately, the way oh, yeah. he did get in is because he found this public Google sheet with all of this uh, employees' passwords in. Yeah, no, I, I think if we go back to the original point of like hiring people who know things, uh, that actually I think is a good match to that, that uh, having someone who understands security, even if it's, oh, it would be so awesome if you could afford uh, a dedicated person, it doesn't mean that they should just go and apply security to everything else every other person creates. As Pedro just said, that you cannot bolt it on retroactively but what that person could do is actually organize some kind of you know information dissemination education events yeah. whatever yeah education in all ways and not only for engineers uh, for pr pretty much everyone should be aware like to some extent about security like let's say Anyone in the office should know that if there is an email from your CEO asking to urgently send X to Y coming from this weirdly looking email address, you probably shouldn't do anything and contact your CEO immediately. Or if you get an email or saying like that, that, you know, you've won uh, the lottery because you're a Nigerian prince or something like that, then maybe, you know, that maybe you need to check your spam filters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That could be the case when your code is totally fine. And then because you do this, someone else gets injected somewhere and then suddenly your code is not fine anymore. But then when you're in the news, not that you'll have a chance to explain that, right? I mean, I think what it comes down to, you know, when, when you're trying to, uh, and we haven't touched on this yet, actually, but when you're trying to secure a system, uh, a software system, be that multiple services or a single monolith or whatever you're right the, the, one of the main focuses that you have should be to reduce the attack surface right 
Um, Definitely, yeah. This is why things like VPNs are really powerful tools for, for securing systems. But ultimately, you know, an organization of humans is a system as well. And you need to reduce your attack vector on that. And your tool to do so is yeah. education and also, you know, things like password managers and things like that. But the, the education to use them effectively is yeah. in so, some ways so more basically important than the tool. The idea is, uh, by definition, everything is important and shouldn't be available publicly. That's the, that has to be the, the default, motto right? you, yeah. you should go by. Yeah, that's the default. Like, everything is important unless... It absolutely isn't, and or or unless something has to be public, like I don't know, your index HTML is probably not private, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but so many other things are. So n- nothing should ever go into a public bucket again, unless there is like some data that you share with everyone. Uh, same goes for passwords. That's why password managers. Same goes for your network services that shouldn't be available to like internal to the company, hence the VPN or something that uh, would allow employees, especially now when so many companies went remote after the whole Corona thing. Uh, That's now even more popular, let's say, before you could just kind of assume in most startups for sure that, oh yeah, a lot of people would be in the office or most people will be in the office. So we just like allow this thing to be accessible from the office. I think from what I've seen, that hasn't really helped with the proliferation of VPNs, to be honest. I think a lot of companies still are oh, not man. using a VPN. Yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah, maybe It should have helped. Look, Looking at what I do, uh, not, not to say that all of my services are behind a VPN, but anyway, that's beside and let's not forget the ones that do have VPNs and then for convenience, anyone who is in the office network automatically gets routed into the VPN. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And, and, and then you and, click and on the password. Link yeah, and the password that Wi Fi is in a post it uh by reception. That is a pattern that I've seen quite a few times, mm-hmm. which is interesting. It's like, oh, oh yeah. yeah, production access well, password is just uh you know. On that on that post-it note, and uh, but you know, security comes in layers, right? So your your network being on a particular VPC cannot be your only layer of security. It can't be like, oh, I'm on this VPC via VPN, and therefore I am now an admin in Kubernetes. <laughs> oh, by the way, speaking no, of it, which it VPC, be, no. it shouldn't be, but VPC it is. is another right. thing like uh, public buckets, right? Because mm-hmm. networking is hard and connecting VPCs is not easy, which it is. But again, it's not easy when you just started doing clouds yesterday. You just put everything into one VPC and then voila, there are no rules restricting any traffic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so everything's available to everything. I think. And everyone's an admin with production database access until you have about 100 headcount. Uh, oh, even beyond that. Or beyond that, yeah. A uh, good old uh, thing, uh, instead of writing passwords down, you just share them among people. So they are securely stored, sometimes even in password managers, but it's one and the same user. I, I, I think I think there's an illusion of security when you know personally everybody at the company. And until, until a company is like 90, 100 people, you can know everybody. And I think... I, I speak for myself again. I've worked at companies around that size, and you definitely—it's definitely shocking 
when um, something goes missing. It's shocking when um, someone assaults or sexually harasses someone. It's shocking when there's some kind of like fight, um, you know, because you know everybody. You have this illusion that every everyone is 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 nice, that everyone is honest. But at 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 that size, even though it still feels small, intimate, and safe, you already statistically are very likely to have people who, given the right incentives, will become bad actors in one way or another. And why not, uh, in terms of data and uh, integrity and, and and security? Uh, my, my point being, I think the point where you really stop it's not no longer that you should it's that you must really worry about security comes way sooner i think than most companies realize it's not when you're a hundred is maybe when you're i don't know a dozen i can remember and i think we've all been in this uh, situation probably multiple times because we work in berlin startups but i can remember the first time the laptops got stolen from the office exactly always a shocking moment and yet and and you you know it has to be at least to some degree an inside job, right? Because you have a key fob thing on the door and whatever, but people leave their laptops on their desk while they're you know over the weekend or something. You come in on Monday and they're, they're gone, and you're like, okay, well the only way people could have you know the door's not been forced or anything, so somebody had a key fob. Uh, and or the door lock is or just the door, yeah, crap. or but I mean, yeah, yeah, I think it turned out the first time that this happened, it turned out it was someone's friend who they'd invited for like the Friday beers, and then this guy's friend had seen all these laptops lying around and thought like, uh, but like, it, t- yeah, it takes one weak spot, right? To to that this is physical security, but it's exactly the same when it comes to network security or uh, social engineering or whatever. It just takes one weak spot to to kind of break everything down. Yeah, it's also that thing. Uh, I think it was. Uh... Might have been the same time. Uh, that actually happened to me in multiple companies when you're a tiny company. And especially when you're in this like building with a bunch of offices, uh, like you walk to any door and people would just open it for you or at least hold the door for you when someone enters the office and you can just follow them saying that, oh, I'm whatever, I'm a new joiner, I'm whoever. I mean, that I'm happens in your apartment here. block, right? Like somebody... Uh, somebody rings your buzzer and says hey I forgot my key you're like oh okay cool and you come I just let them in exactly yeah it's the easiest thing in the world like at pretty much any tech company in 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 probably any tech probably anywhere just show yeah just show up like first Monday of the month Um, say you're a new joiner you're the new probably JavaScript developer everyone is hiring those or go you might even get a laptop or something yeah you might even get a paycheck exactly yeah (laughs) might might even (laughs) yeah but for real like I'm not even joking like just show up go to reception uh, they will they will tell you to wait for someone from HR or your onboarding buddy say yes uh, immediately ask to use the bathroom and uh, off you go you're in the office you can do whatever you like yeah. And then if we go back to uh, some companies uh, unintentionally, hopefully leaking user data, uh, that happened quite a few times when you take someone's identity. And it's not that people compare your picture to the picture they have of you every time. Like if if I see a new joiner in the office, if they tell me the right name, I just have this tiny piece of paper saying, oh, this person needs this laptop and mouse and whatever i'll just give it to them and you i'll know, freaking let's make, onboard let's them i'll create Google accounts account, for let's them make them a one password account 
let's give them access to yeah (laughs) yeah or or the kind of some somewhat similar case going back to what pedro you were talking about about uh number of people growing uh even if there aren't any bad actors how like someone messages you and says oh you know what i got new phone could you disable to fa on our password manager for my account how do you verify that that's the person like that that they are who they say they are before you knew everyone you could just ask some kind of private-ish question what do you do now you have to ask for the gpg key uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so the point being that, that these things uh they obviously are much easier to implement when you're five or 20 people uh, than when you're 100. And then there are all kinds of security-related issues when you're growing that, again, don't even include bad actors in the company, not to mention mm-hmm. those that do. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, this is... And and this is just the the kind of social side of of the, the the topic that always comes up every time we do an episode, which is like, hey, making big company difficult. Caveman cannot make big company. Um, so true. Whereas you know, the, there's so much more to security, right? Like we, we've we've touched on pen testing, um, which is kind of like preventative maintenance. Uh, for you know for discovering where your weak spots are and, and then hopefully having a project to patch them afterwards although that doesn't always happen either but how do you know if somebody's already got in right let's say it could be this employee who's like this guy who's walked in with a false nose and a mustache and said hello i am your new developer and then uh stolen all your passwords or something Unbelievable. yeah yeah uh, that, yeah. That, that, that's a hard question to give answer to or at least to give a short answer to how, how how do you know? I guess we need to be a little bit more specific. There is like okay, well, short of uh, so you, short of you know. working for Twitch and me having all your source code on my hard disk, <laughs> or or you know, <laughs> everyone having your source code on the hard disk. How do you how do you how can you uh, you know the the part of the the premise of this episode is how do you know if you've got a security hole for sure? But like maybe you discover one. Uh, yeah, you see some weird stuff happening. Yeah. Time, time to start digging, my friend. Yeah, or like if you do discover one, like you have to assume it's been used, right? I guess. Which you know brings me to an interesting point, which was uh, again about a pen test, and uh, not to incriminate anybody, but like the. Uh, Another time, a different time completely with a pen test, the the white hat guy was able to get in because uh, because of a legacy system, right? And oh yeah, because of a legacy because system. of a legacy system, that... which I mean says yeah. it all. But it was it was a system that wasn't even in shouldn't even have been in production anymore. Should have just been turned off like ages ago. And something something crappy jQuery plugin. Bish bash bosh question mark question mark and then you know before you know it you are finding files on your server where they say like hi from pentester's name yeah or that that funny case when uh not exactly related but i mean i can't resist (laughs) uh that that story when uh someone gets into a server sitting in the office there is 
nothing important or not much important data on the server everything is kind of kind of cool yeah it's bad that they got in but you know it's no big deal and then from that server because it's all one big local network they get to a printer and suddenly it happens the printer it turns out rather that printer is keeping a copy of every document that's ever been printed uh, at least for the last however many months. So suddenly you, you get access to the data that's never even been on the network just because someone printed it, even maybe by connecting their laptop over USB. It's like everything has been secure until that point when you discover that, oh, <laughs> this printer keeps everything and you can look at so it. So after the bathroom, you go to the nearest printer and wait for juicy stuff to come out because it's usually unattended you can do yeah yeah. i, I, I think, think it wasn't even a wait so situation i think i remember this one max it was like one of these you know these big old enterprisey printers that are the size of a small car or something and uh it kept a digital copy of everything that had been printed before on its like little internal hard disk so you could reprint yeah. something yeah yeah, yeah. That, that's exactly what happened. Uh, yeah, maybe I didn't explain this correctly. So whoever got to that server didn't find anything important on the server, but they found the printer and they were able to read all these documents. Thankfully, that was a white hat guy and could have been, you know, could have been much worse. Yeah. At the same time, you kind of have to assume that, okay, like perhaps somebody's done this and then quietly read the stuff and gone away. And you yeah, that's know. that's the worst part actually what what scares the shit out of me like what if someone already has access to my email and i just don't know it, it's actually better when people fear of like very destructive attacks these are actually so much uh like uh, more easier to discover if it's someone just sitting there eavesdropping on you or like stealing your data these are the worst ones well, I'm not going to sleep tonight now. That's uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. Healthy dose of paranoia for everybody, I think. Yeah, I mean, what what was that saying? Something like if you're paranoid, it doesn't mean they don't listen or something like that. <laughs> yeah, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not listening. Yeah, yeah, some, something like that. I might be saying this completely wrong but any, anyhow uh yeah so uh, we were talking about what ways to discover this uh, if i mean i think you know stuff like that printer there's uh, i'm not sure what you can do um you've just in those situations you yeah. kind of have to hope that there are logs or something right a lot of uh, a lot of the reason why people tend to to well not a lot of the reason but part of the reason why people tend to default to linux servers these days is because the logging story there is so much better than other operating systems you can't you can kind of tell when things have happened but even then you have to know yeah, what to look uh, for. it's also so much easier to remove them like, <laughs> that's true should you have access you just like oh just delete and i think that's just established they've got access yep uh so yeah no i i, I think maybe we should talk about something else because again discovering security issues this is this is a lot of work. Like we can have five dedicated episodes about that. Um, yeah, I mean, everything could be compromised, right? This is the kind of question that is hard to answer because the 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 universe of possibilities is just too big. I mean, 
depending on what it is, you could have uh, your 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 builds could be compromised. Your you could have um, unauthorized people suddenly having access to either servers or um, cloud accounts or like I guess just the easy question is just audit everything. Mm-hmm. But um, but the what is going to depend on, on what exactly the, the intrusion the intrusion was. But the, the as you've been hinting at, intrusions can be super super discreet, and you might you might not know that there's a, there's there's a there's a hole until you know I don't know months or even years in. Yeah. And let's I mean some things are kind of like these days some things are less hard to detect like. You have Dependabot, you have CVEs, you can keep an eye on all these things. But it's a lot harder to realize that someone's um, password manager is, 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 is Google Spreadsheets and it's got public access. That's a bit oh, yeah. harder to, to find. Oh, even with Dependabot, like, it's easy to detect, let's say, some obsolete versions of things or something that something has been security flawed and then you fix it has it been exploited before you fixed it that's a harder question to answer i think these automated tools like depend about do help with that a lot though right because oh the cve 100 cve often you know comes out and a fix is made pretty much immediately and so if you have a pull request that's or Often. Yeah, but I then said you often. have reality six hundred million whatever, and then, yes. you know you know how it goes. Yes. It's like oh, this thing it is so old, and this Docker image is based on this fifty-five other images, and the CVE is in the mm-hmm. very first layer, and we're probably never gonna replace that. So blah blah blah. Let's just. Do well, something. I mean, you you were talking last episode when I wasn't around about uh, the challenges of keeping things up to date, right, and and technical debt and that sort of thing. Um, so yeah for sure like we know how staying staying on top of that is super important for security as well um i did i uh there's one more thing that uh i wanted to mention that uh i think will make max probably like burst into tears or something but uh you know like like we were saying before there's a balance between security and everything else and it's all too easy to say, like, hey, we're a certain size now, time to hire a security team. And uh and and these people can come in and start to and and you know immediately start throwing their weight around and start locking everything down. Let's say that you're the you know, you're the hire that we were talking about at the beginning, you're the person who's been come in whether that's at a really early stage or later on, but you're the person who's come in who knows something about security. What's a good way of spreading these best practices without immediately throwing your weight around and and pissing everyone off, for want of a better phrase? Oh, wow. Scary stories. I I, I know just a guy. (laughs) The guy is not me. (laughs) Yeah, uh, but I mean, yeah, stories... I think cautionary cautionary tales are powerful. Uh, You know, like... Yeah, though there is like a kind of not exactly a downside to them. They don't like the memories. They don't last long. You know, remember how after every incident you've ever participated in, lots 
people around you get cautious and very concerned about things and then after a few weeks it all kind of subsides and then a few people are yeah. still concerned and cautious and everyone else is like oh yeah it's you know we we got other things to do uh, yeah there needs to be a follow-up though right uh, a cautionary tale is a primer it doesn't do anything by itself it just lays down the groundwork and then you can be like okay well here's an example of how someone um misplaced their password <clears throat> posted google sheets and someone yeah. got access to their account and um by the way we're all turning on to fa today um you know yeah, there, there needs to be a follow-up that 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 has a solution for the for the for the for the scare uh if there is none then i agree uh, it's 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 empty and it goes away for sure yeah speaking of how to introduce things because the main thing that security kind of fights with is convenience mm -hmm. right or some kind oh, of flexibility oh yeah. of the system and when it comes to systems that are used by people which is like pretty much everything uh what i found useful is uh, obviously i say this a lot a very 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 gradual approach and making sure that changes that you make they don't take much of that convenience like let's say oh 2fa yes we'd better enforce it tomorrow but even before you do that that might be somewhat destructive communicate before that you're gonna do that explain maybe you yeah you might need to do this multiple times explain to people why are we doing this uh how is this improving anything uh and then kind of proceed with this tiny small changes when it comes to people and yes education 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 uh, it's just like any other pitch though isn't it uh, you got to start with something a why a reason that resonates with your audience mm -hmm. makes them want to listen and then there needs to be a sensible solution that can be applied without too much effort or that is attractive and then it needs to be implemented in a way that is consistent and, and, and complete. But these things all have to come together. You, you, do, you do need to remember that you are pitching something to people. As you said, Kieran, if it's inconvenient, it's not going to be very adopted, right? So I think where some security teams might fail is that, um, and I've seen this, is that they come up with super good solutions technically. Like now everyone carries around a hardware USB key that is going to be used to unlock stuff. Yeah, that's great. But people will lose them. They will forget them at home. Like there's all kinds of reasons why that might not be the, the, the most friction free solution. Um, so you always have to always have to adapt your solution to to your audience. Um, on that topic, can I can I also say if you're designing something to be secure, let's say um, the, 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 the most basic of examples, uh, a login form, okay? Mm -hmm. Don't make it dumb. Like, just don't, don't do security theater. Don't say your password needs to have, uh, you know, exactly between um 127 and 129 characters and your mother's maiden name you, and four hyphens your mother's maiden name has to be in there and yeah 
Exactly. And and prevent copy paste on the password field. Like just 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 don't. Like don't yep. do And also things. my pet peeve. Copy my pet peeve. Peeve. This is so stupid. Like how do people use password managers with this kind of exactly. format? Also when it's like you put your email address in and then you click next and then you put your password in. No, put them on the same page. I want email password next to each other. I don't want to type my email before I can go to the next page and my password manager can do its thing. You you have your growth team to thank for that because they figured out that uh, once you submit your email, um, it's now in their possession and they can do something called uh, re... I forgot the name. It's not retarget. It's... Um, Respamming. It won't spam. They can email you say, oh, you forgot to complete your uh, whatever it was. Uh, Journey. Finish yeah, now. Yeah. Well, we didn't even uh, get into GDPR yet, and you're, you're, uh, you're sticking your toe into those waters. And I don't think GDPRs for this episode. Maybe another one. Yeah, maybe, maybe not or for Privacy for another one. GDPR doesn't stop those things. It doesn't stop those things, but it means you need a cookie pop-up pop before you can do it. It, it is related to so many things. It's, yeah. It also doesn't really make you click on any cookie pop-ups. I have a browser. Actually, it, actually, this can be my yeah, recommendation. It, it, it makes you show the pop-ups that you don't have to click on. Not them. really. Yeah. Uh, this, this, can, Only... this can be my recommendation, actually, for this week. Not, not GitLab, this one. It is a browser extension called I Don't Care About Cookies. <laughs> and, uh, oh, yeah. and it does what it says in the tin. You say you install the extension, and anytime a, a cookie pop-up is going to appear, it just blocks it. That's really nice. Slowly restoring the world to 1990s GeoCities websites, one one extension at a time. Just good times. Just with an abundance of JavaScript to get there. Yeah, I like how now there is like more traffic and more code running to just have even more code running that will block that other code and that traffic is still trying to come your way, but you just block everything with even more code. Just to uh yeah. just just to to harp on that nostalgia train for a second. Um and we should probably close this off, but uh does anyone remember like not even probably ten years ago, probably less when even Gmail wasn't using TLS and nothing was using TLS and the, the websites that had like a little padlock in front of them were not the norm. They were the, the kind of exceptions. Hey, well, it was only the, the payment area, right? When you go in Quite often, yeah. Or, or just the login page that, that, that had TLS and then everything else was... Yeah. Yeah. And EV certificates with the big long thing at the beginning. They're gone now. Oh, no, don't, I remember don't. that. Those were rarity, like I know. certificates. They were like, yeah. you know, $500 or something, and you can't get anyone to pay that much for security. That's too much. That was not long ago. That was not even five years ago. I know. It's, uh, it's amazing how quickly it's changed. It ma- makes me think of, like, uh, electric cars and things like that, where now they're kind of the, the rarity, and uh, petrol cars are the norm, or gas power cars yeah. are the norm. But, the, but they do appear to have... More security issues potentially. Oh, no, from not especially from those the, those discrete ones, you mm-hmm. know. Aha. Mm-hmm. Speaking of speaking of security and HTTPS, uh, a few years, not a few, like many years ago, you know those public Wi-Fi providers where you have a internet provider at home and then that. Oh, yeah. allows you to connect to other uh-huh. routers that are. In but but by opting into being and... able to do that, you are also a public Wi-Fi network, right? 
Yes, but that's not where the story okay. is going. The story is going somewhere else. A few years ago, back home, uh, there was a provider that did that. And um, um, you obviously needed uh, an account to 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 um obviously to log in but you could you could not log in like you could connect to that kind of public wi-fi and then you you'd have uh you have the like the oh i'm forgetting everything today uh Some kind i really of internal have like website hair. something something yeah like the captive uh oh, like the captive way, portal way you, uh-huh. yeah exactly so um you you just close that don't do anything but you're still connected to the wi-fi you just can't access normal um websites but if you tried to access them uh with uh with uh, https um then you could look you could oh open yeah it. so you, the, the you, you stupid open, thing would wouldn't you could see have the, encrypted yeah yeah so, wouldn't intercept uh, the traffic yeah exactly wouldn't stick the so, port well, now in. they do right but they use you no, see an ssl do, yeah. error and you have to use never ssl.com there's another there's another uh recommendation no it's good it's, Lord, it's, isn't, isn't there isn't there service for everything now yeah but it's, that's for, yeah, it's i always thought you were being rewarded i thought i always thought you were just being rewarded for being a good citizen and using ssl there were no rewards for being a good citizen there oh are only God, punishments for being a bad citizen welcome to george orwell's future well, this took a turn. Well, welcome to now, I would say. Yeah, that now anyway. is that's, George Orwell's future. That's a topic future, for another episode. So if you want to hear our next episode, which is about now, and GDPR, and George Orwell, and being watched, uh, and if you're not feeling paranoid enough after this episode... And listened. ...on security. <laughs> um, you know, we're watching you right now. We're watching you... As you uh, as you leave that review that you're leaving for this episode, and we've still not worked out how to leave a review, but that's your job. Hey, should we give any practical advice, or is this just going to be an episode of us whining about how everything is broken? Oh yeah, I, I think we we gave some practical advice, right? We said that you know the user is always the weak link. Education is your friend. Uh, you're lowering the attack surface, whether that is the attack surface of your uh, software systems or whether that's the attack surface of your entire organization uh let's include some hardware systems too we can include hardware systems too although uh, yeah you know what the kind of startups the, beware the kind of startups that beware we of new hires beware of new hires beware especially if they're wearing never let them use the bathroom if pay they attention to, to old the bathroom, ones kick them out pay attention to old ones pay attention to anyone wearing a plastic nose and a fake mustache um don't use Google spreadsheets. Or do. Just embrace it. Just make sure it's got an EV certificate. Just make sure you don't passwords in them. Yeah, just use yeah, them for what do. they're for. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's, you know, hardware as well is something we didn't really get into, but hardware security is... is That's a whole another a ball whole game, other topic. You have Oxide Computer who are doing some really interesting things. Oh yeah, you have uh, you know a lot of companies who are not using cloud providers and have their own data centers or servers in the office or something that they have to worry about. You have some of those are still more secure than some of the clouds, but yeah, because the clouds have again, to get their six hundred million uh, Series C funding, don't they? Yeah, 
Yeah, no, but also probably because those tiny ones are used by five people who all know each other and only use, I don't know, one whatever service that they themselves created. Google Sheets. There we go. Maybe not that one, but anyway. <laughs> if you liked this episode, please actually do leave a review. Please give us a retweet. Please, I don't know, just shout out. We, uh... We have yeah. Say something, especially if we said something stupid. If we said something let stupid, us, let us know. Let everyone know. You know what? Oh, there's yeah. no such thing as bad publicity. Just let everyone know. Yeah, here's here's this podcast. They idiots. They keep saying this stuff. It just infuriates me. Yeah, feel free to say that to your friend. If we uh, if we made a typo in our show notes that are at criticalchannel.io slash eighteen, you should really go and scrutinize those really closely and uh, see if we made any typos and then uh, tweet about it. Uh, and you yeah. can find us on Twitter at, uh, we're actually, it, it's, it's a little less, it's a little less, but, uh, you can find us on Twitter at, uh, Criticalio. At Italian voice. Yes. That That's was pretty good, terrible, actually. Um, terrible impersonation. <laughs> ah, it was all right. And, uh, stay secure. Stay paranoid. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Ooh.